verses 1 through 6 just by reading. We're going to look tonight in the latter part of verse 3. Um, I, I don't think I'll be very long this evening. I, I'm looking at my time right now. And uh, so we're going to try to keep within our window of where we need to be this evening. Psalm 23, if you're willing and able to tonight, I ask you to stand as we honor the reading of the Word of God. We'll have a real quick prayer over the message, then we'll get started tonight. Psalm 23, verse 1. Uh, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparedest a, thou preparedest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord uh, forever. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity and time to be together tonight. Pray you bless the, the preaching and teaching of your word and our time with one another. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. So guys, if you, if you, if you remember back in our very first night, we, we thoroughly covered <clears throat> the Lord. All right, so we look at the very first two words of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. So when we go back to those first couple of weeks, we, we covered who, what, and where he is, as well as how uh, the Lord is, our self-existing eternal one. And I realize that uh, I've repeated that phrase throughout this series multiple times. I've repeated that definitions because that is the literal definition of the Lord there with capital L, small cap O-R-D. And uh, that is the definition of who it is. And I think I've said it enough times where it should be indelibly written in our brains. And, uh, but when we look at the grand scheme of things, that's a good thing. That's something that we should remember. Uh, we discussed plain language utilizing the name of the Lord, who is our shepherd, this, uh, uh, this Yahweh, if you will, which most often pronounced as Jehovah, is possessing the very definition of the self-existing eternal one, Okay. So we're going to look this evening in the latter part of verse 3 of why he leads us into the paths of righteousness, why he restores my soul, and all of the other things that he does. He does so for his namesake, guys, for his namesake. And that is important. And in all fairness, if we were to preach a message, and I have in the past, around the idea of his namesake, why he chose the nation of Israel, what was the purpose of it, why they were there for his namesake. If we were to do that, it would take us a couple hours just to cover that on a very brief, brief scale. But I want us to look at Psalm 23 in a very simplistic format. So when we look at this and we look at verse 3 and we understand that, uh, that he restoreth my soul, that he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for, okay, for his namesake. We understand that definition, the supporting uh, part of that definition. He is the I am that I am. The very same root word that we have for Lord, capital L, small cap O-R-D, is the very same root word, is the very root and definitive word coming uh, from Exodus chapter 3, I am that I am. That is the name of God. I am, okay? And uh, so we, ne- we never want to forget that as uh, that old Bedouin shepherd was was tending to the father-in-law's sheep, and he heard it and saw that bush, guys, if you will, burning and yet not consumed. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even a Horeb. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned, I love this part, uh, with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will, I will now turn aside and see the great sight, why the, the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes uh, from off thy feet, uh, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Verse 6 says, More where he said, I am the God of thy father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Very smart move. Uh, Moses received a commission, guys, a commission from whom? From the angel of the Lord, right? Now, the angel of the Lord is very... We know for an absolute fact, by the six verses we just read, the angel of the Lord is who? It's God. Okay, but it's more than just say God, if you will, the trion, uh, the the the, the uh, triune God or the Trinity. It's it's a theophany, which is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verses thirteen through fourteen, the Bible tells us, uh, "And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am coming to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Very simple, guys. Very simple statement here. I am that I am. This is the name and the definition." of the Lord, and I emphasize uh, capital L, small cap O-R-D, or all caps, depending on uh, your print there. So we need to understand something in in particular tonight when we address this statement for his namesake. And I want you to see something very interesting here. Take a close note in verse 5 of Exodus chapter 3. And he said, now who's speaking? God is speaking. Who is God? The angel of the Lord, the incarnate image of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's his name? I am that I am. Amen. The Lord. Okay. He said, draw not nigh uh, hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Here's what's interesting tonight. If you apply the law of first mention, which establishes The context and the definition of a word hereafter at its first appearance, you're going to find that this is the first time, number one, that the word holy appears in the Bible. And what is it associated with? Ground. Ground. Earth. Dirt. Land, guys. Before it was a holy Bible, before it was holy garments, before it was a holy father, even before we find, scripturally speaking, the holy Lord in terminology It was holy ground. God said so himself. He said it himself about this holy ground. I mean, we see it again in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host uh, said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Why is this important tonight? God hallowed a piece of ground by blessing it so that he could bless his people upon it. He proclaimed the land holy before Israel was even a nation. Do you understand? And then, again, after they crossed that river Jordan into that promised land. You say, wait a second, preacher. I thought Israel was in, it wasn't a nation in Egypt. Okay, you understand. 
The nation of Israel, we, we, people look at Israel and they look at the Jews and they want, they want, to, they want to get people, some people want to get up in a bit of an uproar uh, because the Jew requires, the, they, they uh, require sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. We know that when Paul said in the book of Romans. But guys, here's the thing that we need to understand, especially transitionally speaking, when you look throughout the book of Acts in the early part of the church, first church, the Jews had every right under the sun to require sign. Now, we don't today. We are without excuse. But they did. They were established as a nation by signs. Ten wonderful signs you find in Egypt. Well, not so wonderful for the Egyptians, but ten signs in Egypt, all right? A couple of signs prior to that, signs throughout for 40 years, throughout the wilderness, okay? You say, well, they were just a stubborn people. Yeah, they're stubborn. We're stubborn too. Oh, you understand. But we're saved by grace through faith, you understand. So what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm trying to point that we're trying to make tonight is we're looking for his namesake. What does he do? He leads us in, in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And that namesake that we look is associated with a hallowed piece of ground so that he could bless his people upon it. He proclaimed the land holy before Israel was a nation. And again, after they crossed the river Jordan. So what does all this mean? Well, in verse 3, guys, verse 3 of, Psalm, of the 23rd Psalm he leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Why is he going to lead me in the path of righteousness? And why is that important? Because it's for his namesake. He restoreth my soul. Why does he restore my soul? For his namesake. Do you understand? With the understanding the Lord is holy, with the understanding that the land is holy, what would happen if his people did not walk holy? Think about that for a second. If my God, okay, we're looking at this tonight, especially if you look at it through the, the lens of the Old Testament, a chosen nation of God upon a chosen land. By the way, let me throw this out to you, make it very clear, especially for those that may be watching here tonight and maybe those who dabble a little bit in replacement theology. Replacement theology is of the devil, Okay. And if you believe it, you believe in the devil's doctrine. I'm just going to make that clear, okay? The church has not replaced Israel. There's not one single thread of verse that even remotely hints to that, okay? It's a deluded thought to believe that we have. They're still God's chosen people, and that's still God's chosen land. And by the way, that little sliver that we call Israel today that you can't even hardly find on a map unless you know exactly where you're looking, that's not the promised land. That's not the land grant that God gave to the nation of Israel. That land grant comes all the way from the Nile River, 300 miles to the Tigris River, and take about a 45-degree angle up to Mount Ariat, 200 miles, then 200 miles back down. We know it as the Fertile Crescent. It's the where the land, it's where Abraham, where his, his souls touched that ground. That's the holy ground that God blessed, and that's the ground that he blessed his people, and that's the ground they're getting back. It doesn't matter if Iran or Persia, it doesn't matter if Turkey, they, they want to stand in the way, they can stand in there all they want when God comes back, they're done and dusted. Do you understand tonight? Let's make that clear. Okay, the land is important, but here's the thing. Psalm 23, 3, why that is important that he, he, uh, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness. Now, he leadeth me. My leader is in front of me. Get this picture. Why does he do that? For his namesake, okay? Why is it important that there's a, a holy land uh, given by a holy Lord? Because we all right, as his people, now not Israel, but as the people of God, need to walk holy as our Lord is holy and leading us into a holy place. So if we find out that, that his people, guys, what if they don't walk, uh, what if they walk not in the righteous paths? What would uh, this say about the one who is leading them? Think about it like this. If you ever wondered, uh, wondered upon a, a herd of sheep and they appear to be malnourished, they appear to be injured, nervous, scattered, what would you think about their shepherd? 
Now, you've seen some of these. You, you've traveled all throughout uh, our country here, and we've seen some sheep, man. They just, man, they just look nasty. You know, they just did. They look like somebody's not tending to them. They've been left to themselves. And when sheep are left to themselves, they wander around. They get hurt. They get injured. We've spoke about the, the holy oil. We've talked about all those things here in weeks past about how a shepherd tends to their sheep. So if you were to look at a herd of sheep, and they were nervous and nervous and scattered and malnourished and injured and all this and that, you would stop and you would think about whom? You think about the shepherd because sheep can't help themselves sheep are utterly useless man okay so what would you think about what would would you want to be part of that flock no i wouldn't want to be part of that flock I mean, would you want to be part of the the flock who is left to themselves would you want to be part of the flock who uh, would bite and devour one another would you want to be part of the flock that has seemingly had a shepherd who would not go looking for the one little lamb who was lost no you would not want to be part of that flock of course not So, beloved, we know our weaknesses, we know our limitations, but we have a shepherd tonight. We have a shepherd, okay, who cares enough for his flock to correct us and to cure us, all in one whack. Otherwise, we would only be a simple sheep as sitting ducks, guys. It applies to the local church as well. It applies to our fold as well. Church members, if church members are malnourished, they're injured, they're neurotic, they're scattered due to the lack of feeding from the pulpit, guys, you know what's going to happen? They're going to become sitting ducks, for the wolf of, the, of Satan to come by and take him. The lion, as a roaring lion, who walked about seeking whom he may devour. Amen? Jesus Christ tells us this in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29. Uh, are, there not, are not two sparrows sold uh, for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Um, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than uh, the many sparrows. You know, so we need to understand our shepherd is going to take care of us. Our shepherd is willing to take care of us. He is our good and great shepherd. He is our perfect shepherd. He is the one who's there providing us. He's there leading us in the paths of righteousness. However, he's doing so for his namesake so that we can reflect who and what he is. But we have to follow him. Does that make sense? I've seen many people that would come to church sit and sit in the pews and hear the same preaching, the same teaching, still go out and live like the devil, uh, come in, hear the preaching, the teaching, go out there and live foolishly, uh, disregard the preaching. What they've done is they've rejected the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Now, the shepherd can lay the food in front of you, but you're going to have to eat it. The shepherd is leading us through the righteous, bright path, guys. We have to follow him. Why? For his namesake, so that we can have a testimony for who and what our shepherd is. So where does this bring us tonight? with Psalm 23. Well, Paul said this in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, and whatsoever you do, do in, do, uh, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and your Father by him. In verse 23, he said, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. In First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. There is one thing among many, many, many things that I have taught my children, and that's to have a solid work ethic. Don't you ever dare be called lazy. Don't you ever embarrass us as a family and be called lazy at all. I believe in working. I believe you work, and you should work hard. And uh, guys, because I'm going to tell you something, uh, you know, when you, you're representing the Lord Jesus Christ in all you do. If you're a lazy employee, you're looking, they're, they're going to look at a lazy Lord. If you're a silly employee, they're going to look at a sufferer and say, I'm just telling you here tonight, whatever we do in our life, 
We need to be led by the Lord Jesus Christ, led by our good and great and wonderful shepherd, Jesus Christ. We need to do so and follow his teachings and obedience. Why? For his namesake this evening. That's why he leads us in the paths of righteousness. He restores our soul, point number one we know out of verse 3. So he restores our soul. He brings that spiritual and physical healing into us. He restores our soul. Why? Then he leads us in a path of righteousness for his namesake. So that his name is exalted and lifted up, guys. Beloved, our shepherd leads us down the path of righteousness for his namesake. So he would receive the glory and the honor and the praise. Turn over to Philippians chapter 2 with me just real quick tonight. I'm only going to ask you to turn about three or four times this evening. We'll be done uh, tonight. We're just going to look quickly tonight at uh, this, this idea of him leading us in a path of righteousness for his namesake. So why his name? Why is this important this evening? Philippians chapter 2. By the way, let me throw this out there too, guys. If there's anybody out there in, in, ever in your life that de-emphasizes the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all right, they want to de-emphasize that. They want to say, oh, that's just anglicized or something like that. You, you just need to walk away from them. Reject them steadfastly. You understand? That name, guys, look at Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11 with me. Wherefore God, watch this, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and give him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess, agree with, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Very clear, very simple this evening, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, we understand there are multitudes of names that the Bible gives us concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, concerning God. We know, we know that uh, he's the angel of the Lord. We know that he's the pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already went through the truth about angels, who they are, what they are, and what that name really means, other than, you know, not what your, your fake modern Greek lexicons try to tell you, tell you what they mean, Okay. The angel of the Lord is the appearance of the Lord. It's what that is. That's what it means. Very simple. And uh, you find me scripture that will uh, contradict that, then I'll concede, but you're not going to. So the name of Jesus Christ is important, guys. The name that we're looking at here, the Lord, self-existent, eternal one, Yahweh, Jehovah, our God. Okay. When we, Elohim, we find in Genesis chapter one, which is a, a, a multi-plural, more than three. Do you understand? Those names are important. He has a, what we do in our life when he leads us through that path of righteousness so that we can live a holy life because we have a holy Lord who blessed a holy land. We need to understand this evening that that's what we have to do in this life. Now, guys, listen, that land, that kingdom, that's for the millennial kingdom. We will uh, live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. We understand that. But that land is, is a completely different dispensation and ideology than we have for the age of grace, okay? Our life that we are to live for the Lord Jesus Christ tonight is right here and right now. We tonight, guys, need to understand that and consider that our Lord, he's my shepherd, and I need to be concerned with how the world sees me as an ambassador. That's what I need to be concerned about. I need to be concerned. I don't need to be concerned with how people see me as BJ. I need, to be, I need to be concerned with how people see the Lord Jesus Christ through me. Do you understand? I am an ambassador. If you're saved and born again, you are an ambassador. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says very clearly here, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you uh, by us. We pray you in Christ's steed, be you reconciled to God. Guys, an ambassador is a representative. I mean, an example per se, he's a representative for Christ. 
An ambassador is a representative of a foreign land living in another, another nation. Do you understand? We are citizens today of heaven, if you will. And we're living in a foreign land in this world today as an ambassador, as a representative of who and what Jesus Christ is. Do you understand that? What the world, whether we like this or not, if you name the name of Christ, what the world sees in you is what they see in Jesus Christ. Now, you may say that's not fair. It doesn't matter whether it's fair or not. This is not about what's fair and what's not fair. This is about the reality of what it is. How many people in here have had a conversation with someone? Don't have to raise your hand. This is a rhetorical question, but I want you to think about it. How many people have a conversation with someone? They say, you know what? I'd go to church if it wasn't for, and they they go on a big old long speech about who did what, when, where, and how. We all have. We all have. And, and, you know, people don't want to go to church. They say there's hypocrites in church. Well, there's hypocrites in Asda, and there's hypocrites in Littles, and there's hypocrites in Morrison. They still go in there, and they're giving them the money, you understand. All right? Guys, we need to be concerned about that, yes. We need to be concerned as our ambassadorship is in this world as how and what we represent Jesus Christ. He's leading us down the path of righteousness. He's directed and told us where to go. He's done so for his namesake because what the world sees in us, they're going to see in him. It's that simple tonight. And I want to uphold a good ambassadorship for my Savior, and I trust that you do as well. There, there, guys, uh, you know, there are people who aren't on the path of righteousness. There are people who, man, there's just some people, that, and I, I don't get it sometimes. Man, they're just weird. They're just weird. Uh, they're lazy. But they're, they're, they're the only people running around naming, naming the name. Of, I mean, I'm around them quite often, to be honest with you. You know, the ones that are, are strange and odd and, 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 and goofy, you know, those, they're the ones sitting there with you naming the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, man, you name them. I don't, I don't, we don't have the same Savior, I don't think. Something's wrong here. Because if I'm, gonna, if I'm serving my Lord Jesus Christ and I'm walking down the path of righteousness, he's leading me, I'm not going to be lazy. The Bible tells me not to purloin. You know what purloining means? It means robbing and stealing from your employer, amen? You know, and I know people that they lazy as days long. I'm going to go on a rant. I'm going to stop. So our ambassadors, guys, we are ambassadors as well as an author, as well as an author. Turn back about one, maybe two pages in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That may even be on the same page as yours. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're looking at verse 23. Verse 23. No, I'm not. Because there ain't a 23. It's 1 Corinthians 3. Sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, so, and ye are Christ, watch this, and Christ is God, all right? So we've heard people all the time say a few things and say this and that about saying, well, you know what, I'm my own man, I'm my own person, I can do this, I can do that. The reality is this, guys, you know who we are tonight? Do you know who we are owned by? We are owned by the Lord Jesus Christ, you know? Now, you may sit here and you may say, well, wait a second, wait, 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 I want to uh, be my own person, I want to do what I want to do. Uh, do you realize we were never our own person? We've never owned ourselves. When you were uh, under that age of accountability, you were the Lord Jesus Christ. You were owned by him. If you were to die, you'd go to heaven. Once you re- reach that age, which is not a numerical age, so don't ask me, you became owned by the devil himself. All right? So if you'd have died, you'd, you'd have gone to a devil's hell. And then once you got saved and born again, you were bought with a price, a price only he could pay, and therefore now you're owned by him. We're not our own, guys. We're not our own, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that our life walking into this path of righteousness this evening, okay, 
needs to be according to his will and according to his way. So lastly, I want us to be concerned with this righteousness, this authorship, if you will, this ambassadorship, but we must be concerned that the righteousness in our answer. And you know where we're going now, First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. And this is the challenge, I hope and pray tonight, this last part. I hope and pray that this is a challenge to each and every one of you. I hope that it provokes you. I hope that it should bring something to your heart and your mind that you should be able to give an answer. So we must have, we must be righteous in our answer. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That word sanctify is that same word, holy. It's separated. Uh, it's separated to a particular use. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know, guys, we should always, without fail, be able to give an answer of our eternal salvation to someone who asks. Always. Why? For his name's sake. Guys, we are to be righteous in this world. We ought to be righteous in what this world sees. We ought to be righteous in what this world reads. We ought to be righteous in what this uh, world hears in us. And the sh- we are the sheep of the Lord's flock. And we need to understand that in our life. To, and it says, unto every man that asketh. Every man, that, that word man means mankind. Every person that asks you uh, of the hope that lieth in you, guys, that you need to be able to give a definitive answer of that hope, that salvation. And I ask you, are you ready tonight? Are the sheep ready when they are led by the, by the, by the shepherd, or being, being led by the good shepherd, the great shepherd? When he leads us into that path of righteousness, guys, for his namesake, are we ready to give an answer of why we're following him and what we're doing? Can we answer that question? Why? Well, Bible, the Bible tells me in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. My friend, I want my ambassadorship, my authorship, to be able to speak with my answers. I want my answers and my eternal salvation to line up with the life that I'm living. That's exactly what I want. And I want that to line up with the path of righteousness that my Lord is leading me. James said this, he said, out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing. My brethren, watch this, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and better? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So no fountain both, uh, no fountain both yields salt water and fresh. When the world looks at us, when the world looks at our representation, when the world hears our recitation, when the world hears our, or sees our rendering of who and what Jesus Christ is, what do they see? I mean, our life is to be lived according to his namesake, to lift up his name so the world sees who and what Jesus Christ really is. Does the world see someone who is uh, um, squirrely, who is uh, uh, weak? Um, I mean, do, does he see somebody who's, you know, unfaithful, uh, late, behind, careless, purloining? I mean, is that what the world sees? Can you be depended upon? That's one thing. You know, one thing I used to teach heavily in the States, you know, guys, I'll be honest, I, I hammered church attendance. I, I hammered it. And, uh, and I, I still do to a certain degree. I don't, I don't preach on it as much as probably I should. Do you know one of the reasons why I believe in church attendance to be important? Number one, the Bible tells us, forsake not the assemblies of ourselves together. That's a commandment, not a suggestion. Okay forsake it not. Number two, Jesus Christ died for this local church, Matthew 16, 18, all right? 
You're not the church, guys. I know we say, well, the building's not the church. It's, you know, it's me. You're not the church by yourself. The, the church is a, is, a, is a congregation. It's a group of people. It's a body of Christ. That body of Christ meets in a building, okay? So you singly by yourself, you ain't the church, all right? And don't come to me and say, well, when one, two or three are gathered in my name, that's the, you know, that has nothing to do with the local New Testament church, first of all. We like to say that because our attendance gets down. We say, well, bless God, there's two people there. We're still, you can have church by yourself, all right? But you're not the church, you understand. We are to locally meet as a group and a congregation. And when that time is appointed in your place of worship, that's where you need to be. You say, why, preacher? Because I, I owe the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, you do, number one. You don't owe me, you owe him. But number two, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm done this evening. You have neighbors, you have friends, and you have family members, and you think they're, they're watching you, you better believe they are. And if they're used to seeing you be at church on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever your church meets, okay, Thursday night over at Horeb, and then your car still sat in, in the driveway, your car still sat on the pavement or on the road, or you're at home and they see you out mowing your lawn and doing, doing other things, when they've seen you in the past, be faithful in the house of God. Tell me what that representation is tonight of the one who saved your soul. You can say what you want to. You can make up any excuse that you want to. You can, you can come up with everything in the world. I understand people get sick. I understand you go on holiday. I understand those things. But you're not sick 52 days a week, all right? And you're not going on holiday 50 days a week. And you don't get called into work 52 uh, weeks a year. I mean, not days a week. You don't, you know, you, that doesn't happen, do you understand? But we make excuses. My thing is this, guys. I'm going to tell you this. You ain't missing work like you're going to miss church. I had a man tell me one time, the vice president of a company that I worked for, Big Dog. And he said, Brother BJ, and that's the way he spoke. He did. He was from Georgia, from Alpharetta, Georgia. Brother BJ. He'd go to the gym with me and bear the living daylights out of me. He'd say, Brother BJ, he goes, I don't want to hear some preacher tell me that I can't miss church on Sunday when my back hurts and I need to go to work on Monday. You know what I told him? I said, maybe be in church on Sunday, your back wouldn't hurt on Monday. Amen? Sometimes, guys, you just have to suck it up and you've got to push through and get on the path of righteousness. Why? Because he's leading you there for his namesake, guys. Sometimes you need to think about the name of Jesus Christ over the own th your own things that you may be dealing with. Put some things in the rear view. Amen? Get on the path of righteousness. Keep your eyes where they belong, upon the Lord Jesus Christ, not man, not anyone else, not anything else, not something 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but exactly who and what Jesus Christ is. If you will do that, I promise you tonight, you'll, you'll still be tempted to miss, you'll still have things that come up, but I'll tell you this right now, you'll be able to push through the moment, work the problem, and be where you belong, on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who and what you are. I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you, dear God, for giving us the opportunity to be together tonight. And I pray this evening that you'd bless this message, Lord, that people have heard, their hearts, their minds, their ears. And I ask you to bless us the rest of these uh, coming days. We pray that you'll be with Brother Preston and his family and Horb tomorrow night as they meet together in their midweek service. And, Lord, I just pray as we continue to serve you, Lord, let us do so not only with gladness, Father, but with zeal. And, Lord, let us be a witness to the lost and dying of the world that we live in today, that souls may be wonderfully and righteously saved and born again. We love you. We thank you. Please get everyone travel mercies as we depart one another. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you so much for joining us today. I do hope and pray the sermon you just heard was a tender blessing to your heart and to your soul. I hope that it gives you the encouragement, edification, to face the challenges that we see each and every day and week throughout our life. I'd like to invite you out to one of our live services here at Saren Chapel in Abraman. We are located on Lewis Street as well as Davis Street. Davis Street is the entrance to our chapel and as well as Lewis Street is the entrance to our hall and you can use either one of them. But secondly today, guys, I would like to share just a brief message to you now to ask you to where you are going in eternity. If today was the last day you were alive, if today by some tragedy, this was the last moment you had on this earth, when you closed your eyes, would you wake up and see Jesus Christ? It is a simple question, guys, and it is even a more simple answer. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, paid the ultimate price for mankind. He gave us the free pass to eternal life by giving his life on the cross of Calvary, being buried into that grave, but rising again on the third day. It is simple as this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, guys, while we were sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ loves us so much that he gave his life. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sin is defined as the transgression of God's law. But what happened was the payment with, for mankind is death. Romans 6.23 clearly tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I ask you today, what would, what would stop you right here, right now, for bowing your head and saying a prayer much like this, Lord Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you stepped up out of the grave to give us victory over sin and victory over death. I invite you into my heart and ask forgiveness of my sins and ask you to lead God and direct me throughout the rest of my life. Now, here's the thing. You say that prayer in your own words, but you have to say it and believe in it. Remember, Romans 10, 9 says, And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is a promise from the word of God. That is a promise from God himself. That is the promise from the creator of all things, that if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, ask forgiveness of your sins, accept his free gift and pardon of sin into your heart today, that you will be born again, that you will have eternal life in heaven. Guys, I hope and pray this is a blessing to you today. I hope and pray that you'd make that decision. And if you have, if you've made that decision today, let us rejoice with you. Come by and see us here at the church or hit us up online at any of the social media outlets or through email or however you can. Just share with us the glorious transformation that you just received in your life. Guys, I hope to see you soon in the house of God. I hope to see you soon right here in Sharon Chapel. And may the Lord be with each and every one of you. God bless.